Okay, hi everyone. I'm Jonathan in Beijing, and I'm with uh, uh, Doctor Lung Five Spleen Nine, otherwise known as Yefim, who is in uh, Portland. And uh, this is the latest episode of Dialogues on Applied Channel Theory. So, um, welcome, Doctor Lung Five Spleen Nine. This is uh, people don't know that joke, but it's, maybe it's not a joke. But Doctor Wong, whenever he lectured about this point pair combination, uh, Lung Five Spleen Nine, uh, Chizin Lin. Dr. Wang would always bring up Yefim. And I think because I think from what Dr. Wang, how he would tell the story is that after Yefim started studying with Dr. Wang, he and he saw that Dr. Wang was using this point pair combination a lot. He also started to use it in his clinical practice a lot at the beginning. And then as a result, supposedly, I don't know that this is Dr. Wang's telling of the story, is that eventually all of your students or patients would start calling you Dr. Lung 5 Spleen 9. Is that correct, Yefim? Well, um, Hi everybody! Hi John, how are you? <laughs> A nice introduction. Um, yes, I'm, nobody ever called me Doctor Lung Five Spleen Nine, but Doctor Wang always called me. He used to call me Judge uh, Zerling, and um, that's funny. And for many years, as you see, as you remember, he used to make me talk about that. So mm -hmm. I'm happy to talk about this today. Um, yeah, when I first met Doctor Wang and started studying with him. Uh, I noticed that he was using like five spin nine a lot. And at one point I was obsessed with the point combination. So I used it all the time, whether it was uh, necessary or not. At least now I know that. And um, yeah, but my patients did not call me lung five spin nine. Who but called you sure. lung five spin nine? Just Dr. Wong? Uh, Dr. Wong. But he yeah. said everyone else called you lung five spin nine. Well, you know, it's a funny story. Um, well, so can you tell me why were you obsessed with this point combination? Well, uh, probably lack of understanding of other stuff. It was very, <laughs> you know, but it's a really great point combination. And uh, because I used it so much in the beginning and overused it, I hopefully got a better understanding of actual point, this point pair. Can um, you kind of describe the your process of understanding this point combination? Well, um, or can yeah. you first, so, for, for people who don't know, what is lung 5 spleen 9? What are these two points? Well, lung 5 spleen 9 are both HASI points of lung and spleen, which is tie-in channel. And so as we discussed before, and as we know, uh, HASI points have a regulatory effect on the, uh, on the channel and organ themselves. And so lung 5 spleen have has, uh, this point combination has a really powerful uh, ability to regulate the function of tie-in channel. So what is the function of the tie-in? So the chi transformation of uh, Tayin channel. And, you know, to summarize what, um, uh, what I have a summary of what Tayin channel does. It uh, makes and dis distributes postnatal all over the body. So it helps to make postnatal and then distribute it all over the body and uh, thus helping uh, normal fluids, which includes nourishment, circulate all over the body and keep uh, circulation going as a effect, not just on the fluid circulation, but also on all of the aspects of circulation that we think about, even the heart. Mm -hmm. So it's a really powerful point, combina uh, point combination. Though, even though it's a, such a powerful point combination, I don't suggest everybody uses it all the time because years later, I don't use it all the time. I use mm -hmm. it when it's, uh, when it's appropriate. So when, uh, under which conditions do you use this point well, combination? 
Well, let's first look at it. So it's really important when we look at the lung and spleen to see the movement. You know, lung, uh, you know, lung is one of those organs that have this innate rhythm in it, right? So uh, <clears throat> active breathing is voluntary and also involuntary. And active breathing in a healthy person says this kind of normal rhythmic movement of the lung that goes inside, right, downwards, and also outwards, like pushing everything out towards, from inside of the body towards outside the body. And spleen, uh, as we know, has this movement up. So as the move, as, so Tain channel has this movement of spleen movement up to the lung and lung out to the rest of the body. So you have this breath in, as the movement go, uh, of breathing goes down, all the way down towards the kidneys, movement of spleen meets this kind of um, nourishment from food and air nourishment together, kind of comes together, let's say. And then the movement out of the lung pushes the postnatal out towards the rest of the body. This is how uh, one part of circulation that's very important in the body. That's how actually... Uh, one way that we could look at the nourishment gets throughout the body. And of course, the heart plays a huge role in it, right? Mm -hmm. But because lung in this entire uh, channel sets, we talk about setting the rhythm of the, uh, of the rest of the body. Be this is one aspect of the lung is, as we talked about a second ago, it's uh, voluntary and voluntary. And the act of breathing is really... Uh, even and kind of rhythmic in a healthy person. So that rhythm of the, uh, of the lung, the act of breathing actually helps the heart to keep a normal beat and also helps the peristalsis uh, digestion process. So all the rhythms of the body kind of set by this act of breathing. And together then lung and spleen has, has effect on uh, making postnatal, distributing postnatal, um, Regulator, regulatory function in the lung itself and regulatory function and large intestine and heart and other aspects. But again, I want to point out, even though this, is, this point has such a broad uh, kind of, um, I mean, this channel has a broad uh, emphasis on the rest of the body, it doesn't mean you should treat, you should treat it all the time. Mm -hmm. So under what conditions do you decide to select this well, point I mean, combination? Yeah, the first thing is pretty obvious when we're dealing with uh, certain respiratory diseases or digestive diseases or damp, you know, when fluids are not moving properly, right? So, from flu so when fluids, when normal fluids not uh, circulating properly, they start to pull and we end up with uh, dampness. So, like in certain damp conditions, when fluids accumulating, lung phosphonide might be really good point combination. What right. kind of symptoms might they, they present? Well, anywhere from urinary issues to swelling of the legs or general like some edema. Again, you have to be careful uh, to look at when you look at edema, it's not uh, deficient edema. Uh, so like excess, excess damp presentation. Um, in general, excess damp, this is a really good point combination. Also, um, Digestive issues when there's quite a bit of uh, bloating and like, again, excess kind of damp uh, and 
it's like post. It's not that somebody's deficient; they get post. Uh, they get digestive issues and lose stool and poor appetite. This is somebody has a good appetite, and it's very common in the West. Uh, frequently, we diagnose people with spleen chi deficiency. Actually, they have spleen spleen damp, kind of obstructing. Um, like you have loose stool, uh, bloated, gas. People mm-hmm. might be a little overweight with this presentation. Uh, yeah, so that's one. That's kind of straightforward. And of course, with the lung, with respiratory, anywhere from cough, or phlegm accumulation, asthma. I mean, you really broad, broad, broad application. Uh, that this point pair could be used with. And again, when I say point pairs, frequently I might combine this point pair with other points, of course, but they will be the kind of the leading point pair. How about, and, um, sorry, how about pulse and tongue? Right. Does so that, that next, help you too? Right. So that's, so that's kind of straightforward uh, respiratory and digestive and dampness, which kind of makes sense. Next thing is uh, I've used this point pair uh, more than a few times for problems with a regular heartbeat. And so sometimes frequently when somebody has a regular heartbeat, we right away jump, um, oh, it's a heart channel issue. And of course, if there's a regular heartbeat, the heart channel is affected, the heart is affected. But sometimes it could be uh, a lung issue. And if you look at the way, you know, lung rules all the vessels. And interestingly enough, um, influential point of the vessels or pulse is on the lung channel, is lung nine, right? It's not by accident. And so in certain condition, when um, people have regular heartbeat or sometimes even uh, certain type of chest pain, but again, not make sure you're allowed actually angina and stuff. You know, you could use this point, um, this point combination. And again, this is where diagnosis and palpation plays a big role. Uh, in those cases, usually there'll be a lot more changes on the lung channel and spleen channel, more lung channel than the heart channel. Uh, and also you could even find on the do channel, sometimes I find changes uh, instead of... Uh, uh, I do 11, a little bit higher, right? So just to clarify, so when we're talking about uh, changes here, we're talking about using like palpation, like the, the shun tui, that, that palpation technique where you're using your thumb to glide well, along course, and palpate yeah. within the channel spaces. Yes, of, of course, the, that's, I mean, that's what we do, right? Yeah, below the elbow yeah. and knees. So a lot of the changes right. we can find can be like in these channel spaces, right? right? The crevices, well, like as nodules, lumps, right? Yeah, hopefully people that listen to us know by now that <laughs> this is a main uh, way we diagnose is by channel palpation. Yeah. Yes, of course. Yeah, you're going along the channel, you're finding abnormalities. Uh, they range from um, small nodules to large nodules. But well, the changes around lung five and spleen nine, well, they're slightly different. Um, the changes vary on the body depending on how big of the space is. Mm-hmm. Lung five space is pretty large. And Usually nodules are bigger. There are nodules, there are swellings, there's uh, with acute respiratory stuff that could be really painful. Um, yeah. And spleen, spleen nine, you know, over the years, as much as I needle spleen nine, I find sometimes I have difficulty with this point. People have so many changes and the changes kind of almost attached to the bone that the whole area gets shifted posteriorly. Do you notice that? Yeah, I've noticed that too. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's interesting. It's... Um, uh, it seems more I needle this point, more I uh, 
have not difficulty, but I think more about it because to get a nice clean space, um, sometimes it's difficult because there's so many changes that happens. Or there could channel. be, I've also seen a lot of people where there's just complete emptiness there, right? Like it's just like- Oh, sure, of course, of course. In those cases, we're probably not, well, sure. It depends on like what their condition is, right? Yeah, right. Because we right. don't always select points based on like what the changes, right? Like no. sometimes I find like with lung five spleen nine, because we like you were saying earlier that there's some kind of obstruction, right, to like the chi dynamic mm -hmm. of the tie-in. So sometimes based on palpation, I find that a lot of times when we palpate, a lot of times they have like they have like those string of nodules up mm -hmm. the lung channel or string of lumps up the spleen channel, like from spleen right. six to spleen nine. Oh, the whole the whole yeah, channel, yeah, yeah. yeah, of course, yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, frequently, especially in the very clear presentation when uh, um, channels. You know, when it's just channel is full, there'll be the leg will maybe be a little swollen, there'll be large nodules going all the way up. Mm -hmm. But frequently, you have nodules, you could have a bunch of nodules going all the way up, and then the spinal will be empty. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you might have them, I mean, you know, not talking about treating, but then you, I mean, maybe you need to regulate and tonify at the same time. And, mm -hmm. you know, and there are many, many ways to do that. Um, but um, it's interesting, lung 5 spin 9 as of because if you think about its function and i encourage people that may be new to this to really kind of uh read and think about the tie-in channel it has such a broad uh influence mm -hmm. uh then frequently regulating this uh using this point there to regulate is really useful it can contribute a wide variety of illnesses right because like the tie-in yeah. we say it regulates dampness so there's so many illnesses that could be related mm -hmm. to that right from the like, right. urinary tract issues to skin right. disorders i've you know. i've treated uh, gynecological issues with mm -hmm. this too i mean you know, don't get stuck in these conditions think about tie-in channel if tie-in channel is uh needs to be if tie-in channel needs to be regulated there's, uh, in my opinion, there's no better point there to regulate tie-in channel. And again, to regulate tie-in channel, to regulate the function, its job of tie-in channel. Mm -hmm. Just because we we're just talking about this regulate regulatory effects of the um, HUSI points, like of lung five spleen mm -hmm. nine on the tie-in. Because mm -hmm. a lot of times when we're uh, teaching, a lot of students uh, ask us about the four gates and like the difference between the four gates and its body to and its functions in regulating the body. So the four gates, meaning large intestine four and liver three and how mm -hmm. they regulate the body and how do these best point pair, like for the four gates, how does it compare to lung five spleen nine? Cause some people, well, yeah. What is your, your response? No, go ahead. Go ahead. No, go ahead. Go. That's a, that's, I've finished my thought. <laughs> well, um, well, you know, for some reason, a lot of my students, um, and, you know, when I taught regular classes, I thought I hate four gates. And it's not that just, uh, and the, that's another conversation I talk, we talk in another point pair that we talk a lot about. Um, we just see four gates differently than uh, maybe presented in many schools. And uh, so four gates, in our opinion, in my opinion, too. Uh, and again, this, my opinion comes from experience that's been stirred by Dr. Wong. I mean, obviously some of most of these ideas were really uh, Dr. Wong's ideas that we kind of learned and then practice, through practice we see clinically applied, right? And so both large system four liver three are, are source points. And, um, and again, they're special points uh, compared to other source points. You know, larger testum four is Yang Ming source point. And if you think of Yang Ming, that's full of chain blood. And liver three provides blood, uh, well, liver, channel, liver organ stores and provides blood. 
uh, right? And so liver three as a source point helps this process of providing blood. So you have these two source points that have really strong ability to provide, uh, adjust, regulating is, I'm not gonna use the word regulating, adjusting the process of providing chi and blood to the channels themselves. So when we talk about regulation of four gates, they regulate the function of the channel themselves. It's like, um, if the channels, if, if channels not functioning properly themselves, one aspect of four gates helps to help that function, to regulate function of the channel itself, not to regulate the chi transformation of the channel organ system, right? And um, Dr. Wang used to use this uh, thing about tuning, like you tuning one, one aspect of four gates, it's like you tuning the channels so they function properly. Which is very different than uh, regulating chi transformation of uh, postnatal and fluids in the body, right? Mm -hmm. And the other aspect forgets, of course, if there is, if the channels are deficient or, or weak, they're not functioning properly. From that point, forgets could be used with other points to help to strengthen the ability of channel to transmit chi and do other stuff. And wind, I mean, forgets is a separate discussion. It's a, yeah. I think uh, yeah. um, May and I had a episode a, a while back about the use of the four gates to treat channel confusion, right? Channel confusion, channel mm -hmm. chaos. Oh, I haven't, I haven't heard that yet. I and, you haven't listened to the episode yet? Oh, I, I've listened to a bunch of them, but I'm still <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Okay. So, because um, um, so, Dr. Warren also said that the four gates is very good at, like, it's almost like when you use these two points, it's like, um, it's like, jump-starting like the circulation exactly. blood in the body it's like igniting an engine a car engine and that just gets everything moving right just moves that chi and blood right. and just starts circulating throughout the body so a lot of times he would use it for cases of like channel confusion and chaos mm -hmm. but we don't have time to talk about that now but yeah if you're interested I'm you can listen to a previous episode for not i mean not you but i mean other the oh i listeners. listen to i the listeners I go, what i do what i do i go i'll binge and then I stop and then I have to binge again too because okay. I listen to all of them in a row. Okay. <laughs> so, um, uh, so then, okay. So one so, more thing I want to mention about four gates, what I really like to use four gates is for, the, for, uh, for wind, mm -hmm. deficient wind. I'm a big fan of that. But anyway. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, because once you start moving that jump starting the movement of chi and blood, well, then, like if there's blood, like wind due to blood deficiency, right? That's very good at like mm -hmm. capturing that wind or extinguishing that wind. Because liver three provides helps to provide the mm -hmm. blood. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, back to lung five nine. Okay. So okay. So people ask you. Okay. So oh, what's the difference between the four gates and regulating the body between lung five and spleen nine and regulating? Like, when would you decide to use one over the other? Well, again, uh, I mean, I'm going to just repeat what we just said. I know. When you want to regulate the function of tain channel, providing a uh, nourishment helping to make the nourishment postnatal right think about the normal functions of the spleen and lung all the respiratory stuff and the broader uh, effects that tain channel in this case especially lung has uh, in in this uh, channel right think the uh, large intestine issues, uh, heart issues when there's irregular, specifically irregularity of heartbeat uh, because of the lung, you know, because of the lung. All of this, 
and I mentioned certain gynecological issues, uh, urinary issues. And again, in those cases, the prerequisite that is long, I mean, the, the tie-in channel is not just deficient, it needs regulation. You want to regulate the function. And again, it doesn't mean when some when uh, one or the other aspect of teen channel is division, you can use it. Because sometimes we need both tonification and regulation. And the common thing that we do, and that will combine either long source point with this combination or spleen source point with this combination. That's something I do a lot. I would do long five, spleen nine, long nine, or long five. And I've used that actually, long five, lung nine, spleen nine for heart issues, for heart regulatory issues, or certain type of cough for, you know, it's the possibilities with this combination is endless. But when it, when the channels are not working properly, um, this is not a, this is not a point pair to use. So then for gates are much more useful or when there's deficient wind or when there's pain that travels all over the body or where all this other stuff that, uh, uh, and fall over three does. And again, um, I think the one, so we could say four gates regulate the function, the, uh, harmonize the function of the channels themselves. And lung five, seven, nine regulates the function of tie-in cha uh, uh, tie channels specifically. I think Is there's an, yes, that's very clear. I think there's another misconception that that Dr. Wong would use lung 5 spleen 9 first on every patient, like just to start the treatment. I think that's another misconception. And like, I would say Dr. Wong would only use, do you want to answer that? Or Dr. Wong only would use, uh, again, it's just like what Yafim is talking about that when we select any point pair combination, there are a lot of conditions we have to follow, right? One is that uh, they're symptom wise, they have to have symptoms that are related or connected to, for example, the tying physiology, a tying pathology. So, in general, generally, you could say it has it will have some signs of related to dampness, right? That or uh, like tying uh, chi dynamic is affected in the, mm -hmm. in the sense that the tying isn't properly moving chi and transforming dampness. Uh, secondly, palpation, right? They have to have changes on the tie, hand and of foot course. tying channels. So it wasn't like it, it's just like oh, every patient I'll use first start off with lung five spleen nine without palpating channels or without considering their symptoms. Absolutely. And again, I made a mistake in the beginning because I decided that this point, this point pad will do everything. I used it a lot. And um, I found out very quickly, it doesn't always work. And then you have to start thinking about, well, why? You, yeah, uh, this point pair is not used all the time. And when, and, uh, and if the first time you see a patient in the beginning. Yeah, it, it depends. Now, if somebody is excess damp and it fits the presentation, sure. But again, I have to remember why four gates frequently used in the beginning. If four gates, and again, you, we don't use four gates in the beginning uh, all the time anyway, but if the channels, if the point, if you have a patient and the points are not responding to treatment because the either channels are out of, a lot out of tune for the best, you know, there's a channel confusion. If then, if they've been dysregulated, I don't know if it's a word, or the channels are weak, four gates, restart, re, a lot, whatever you want to use the word, they, they harmonize the channel, the channels themselves. So then you could do appropriate uh, treatment and use points that will be effective, right? 
That's one way. This is why people would say uh, we need to use for gates or Dr. Wang would say, let's use for gates. Uh, we would use for gates before other stuff. So we, the other points that we're going to use going to work properly. Right. Actually, right. I actually kind of remember when I first started studying with Dr. Wang, like for the, for quite a long time, like the first few months or six months or even a year, I didn't see Dr. Wang use lung phosphorus that much. And I was kind of, of no, I, was, I was a little disappointed at first because I think I heard everyone talk about, oh, Doc Ron uses lung five speed nine, and I was like, well, what? He hasn't used it yet. And then finally, over time, like you start to see him use it more, and sure, uh, sure. and then started to see under which conditions he would use it. Um, and then I think that helped my understanding a bit. But then, there were some instances where, like, a patient comes in the first treatment, and Doc Ron publishes their channels, and they would have like you know multiple channel changes, right? But sometimes, like on that while he was palpating, for example, the lung channel, he felt like a string of nodules going all the way up the lung channel. Then sometimes like, because like the patient might have a lot of different issues going on in like all of the in channels, for example, sometimes he would like would first start using lung phosphine at first, just to get, I think things the moving. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Going, yeah, of course. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Cause yeah. So I think that wasn't, but it wasn't because like um, he just wanted to um, use lung phosphine as like a, like a set, combination to treat every patient at the beginning but they had to if the patient had signs of for example we're saying the tie chi dynamic was obstructed well, and maybe course. and maybe the all the other e channels also had some kind of obstruction too dr might first start with lung 539 at first just to get things moving i think if there is lots of changes all over the place and tie channel is if tie channel is obstructed if the chi transformation of tie channel is affected there's no better combination to start with than lung because if the process of creating postnatal and all these nourishing fluids and circulating circulating them all over the body is not functioning properly it's hard to do other stuff this is a good place to start for sure right because once like the tying like the you could say like spleen chi rises upwards the lung chi is moving things downwards it gets that mm -hmm. you know circulation pro working properly then like things everything starts moving properly too right but circulation upward and outward the whole mm -hmm. all the spaces in the body all the little nourishment everywhere gets nor uh nourish by this movement of lung and spleen mm -hmm. right yeah and uh again this point pair is really versatile so if you start with point pair and you decided to you could do so many combinations uh, possibilities you combine with other spleen points you combine with other lung points just don't overdo it have a clear idea what you're doing mm -hmm. i also think also just based on palpation i would say you know, from your experience doing teaching channel palpation or and also like teaching in all parts of the world or and treating patients in all parts of the world too you probably like most people like i think it's very common for people to have tying channel changes right like also oh, like yeah. multiple ch tying channel changes right yeah yeah for sure especially long mm -hmm. yeah and long doesn't vary yeah yeah so I for sure and but does it mean though again um that if somebody has long changes doesn't mean you right away should jump on long five spin nine also mm -hmm. again uh, due diligence do you know do the proper diagnosis palpation and think what you're trying to do uh, because long changes also could be this could be just a long channel issue. It could, there are many things could be involved. Um, uh, I don't have any point combination I start with. I don't know. I, I, and it's interesting. As much as I did lung 5 spinal in the beginning, 
almost on everybody, which was a mistake. Um, I sometimes I go forever not using it, and sometimes I use a mm -hmm. bunch. It just depends on the presentation, obviously. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so I think you're right. Like when we treat patient, every any patient, we still have to get back to the basics, right? Which is focus on the chief complaint. You know, develop the symptom patterns. Look, still look at the tongue, check the pulse, and then palpate the channels, right? And then you can develop your diagnosis. Of course, and I know it's really easy. Um, and I don't want to be preachy. I, I don't like being preachy, but uh, it's really easy. You see stuff a bunch of times. Of course, it's this you have something you're gonna work. But from experience, I just know whenever you set in and and this kind of pattern, you set yourself up for failure because just because four or five people in a row did really well with some point combination. Next four or five people might get nothing. So you really have to always kind of get back to basics. I learned the hard way. I've done, I mean, I've done the same thing other people done when I was, you know, it's human nature, right? Mm -hmm. So always, 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 yeah. Palpate and palpating gives you, I mean, do the full diagnosis and palpate and palpating gives you kind of instant feedback. Can I, uh, do you remember like the first case where you used it successfully, lung 539? No. No? Do you remember any case? Oh, I, I mean, many, we, now we're talking, we're talking about uh, 20 years ago or something. Or, yeah. or any case that really stood out where you're like, whoa, this is, or what made well, you, you become really interested in this point combination? Like maybe oh, observation, observation of Dr. Wong using it or. Well, you know, we were, so first time we came to China was doing SARS. And so <laughs> there was um, at one point, you know, and while we were in China, uh, we didn't realize how bad SARS war, uh, was. And then all of a sudden, halfway through a trip, we figured out everybody's talking more about SARS. And we were seeing some patients, I'm not saying that SARS, but a uh, few patients with respiratory issue, issues. And um, I remember one point, Dr. Wang lining, there's only five of us, putting all of us on the table and needle lung phosphate nine on all of us. He goes, we need to regulate that in channel. <laughs> I remember that. And then, um, We've seen some patients, there was a f actually somebody that we know who uh, had a, a really bad respiratory issue during SARS, which is not great, but she's fine. Uh, and I remember Dr. Wong using lung 5 spin 9 alternating also with uh, uh, lung 9 spin 3 uh, or combining um, was interesting. So that trip is the one that really uh, kind of solidified that idea uh, for me. That was like 2003. Uh, before that, I've seen him use when one uh, we took seminars from him in uh, California, but it didn't really. I didn't see him use as much. At that trip, there were lots of lung five spleen nine because I mean, obviously, there was a unique condition uh, situation. Well, yeah, it was a it was a pandemic. I guess it was pandemic. In fact, not mm -hmm. epidemic. It was pandemic, and yeah. yeah. Do you remember any instances where like uh, lung five spleen nine didn't work, and then? That like any cases that really stick out that where you're like oh it didn't work or or made their no no don't no. remember so if but you remember in the beginning so after the trip so when I came back from uh from my trip uh after so it was 2003 I mean uh, I was practicing in Vermont and pretty much every single well not every single a lot of my patients would get lung five nine or some kind of say I wasn't a kind of tie-in tear anyway. And I had a 
I had few patients that were not getting better. And at some point I'd be like, okay, I need to kind of rethink this and repalpate. And uh, and that's actually in Vermont. When I was practicing in Vermont, I started thinking, well, maybe this is not, it it's, does not fix everything. You know, but you know, when you get like this great point pair, you get good results mm-hmm. and you see uh, your teacher using it and, and it's a unique situation. You start thinking, well, this is, this is the best thing ever, right? Mm-hmm. And I was a, I was really, really, um, really into the point combination, obviously. And because of that, it made me realize what it doesn't do and what it does. And so, because of that, I think maybe kind of clinically use it for much wider cases. Because now, I again, I've had few patients. I've used it with gynecological issues, right? I've used it. I mean, again, uh, now. I think, I don't think of limitation on uh, the, you know, on the specific point prescription. I don't think of, oh, this is for this issue, this issue, this issue. Broadly, I sort of look at it as this regulatory uh, function on tie-in channel. Anytime you want to regulate tie-in channel, you could use this point there. Mm-hmm. And the other thing to point out for people not familiar, let's say within tie-in channel, one area like lung or spleen affected much more. It's still okay to use both point pairs because the synergy of um, using the whole tie-in channel it has more, fa- it kind of facilitates more effect on the lung or spleen regardless. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Definitely. So, yeah. Great. I think that's uh, that's great uh, summary that's, uh, of uh, lung function. Sorry, I didn't give you, yeah, sorry, I didn't give you specific cases. It's okay. It's okay. We have plenty of time. Like this is, this is just a dialogue on applied channel theory, so we can continue talking about specific cases in the. In the yeah, future. there was a case. Do you remember? I, uh, I wrote it up, and when we were in China, um, I'm using uh, Chinese channel. Lung, I think it was lung fast benign spleen four. Uh, this was something that normally used, uh, treated by uh, I've forgotten. I have to look up the case for. Uh, I remember this eye issue and post. Do you remember that? I don't remember. That was when I was that? See, 2013, 14, 13? Yeah, exactly. 13, yeah. Eight, eight yeah I don't remember. Ago. But at some point, uh, it was somewhere. I could, you know, I could send it to you again. As a, you guess, if, or we could just do another episode and record it, and that oh, might be easy. I could pull out. You know what I do sometimes? <laughs> I pull out my old charts, start yeah. looking at the charts. Okay. okay. Kind of, yeah, we could do that. Yeah, we could do that. I think that's a good idea. Okay. All right. <laughs> Um, so you're denying that you were ever called L- Dr. Lung Five Spleen Nine. No, but uh, Dr. Wang called me Chizoiling uh, all the time, oh. and every time a new group came to study in China, he's like, yeah. "Oh, here we go. This is." He would say, "Doctor," no, he would say, "If he might call him Lung Five Spleen Nine." Tell a story about lung five spleen nine. So I've done this conversation many, many, many times. He, no, he said, like for the nine years I studied with him in Beijing, pretty much multiple times throughout the year, or almost every time he talked about the tie-in channel and lung five spleen nine, he'd say, and then there's, I have a student in America. And uh, all of, everyone calls him lung five spleen nine. No. Doctor, but Dr. Uh, was making that up. Well, he was exaggerating, I think. But what he was emphasizing that I really was obsessed along five spin nine. And for first bunch of trips to China, I made I made him. I asked him to talk about uh, chi, um, chi transformation and physiology. I was obsessed uh, with physiology initially, and I think in 
Tai, you know, Tai and Chelo came up all the time because I was trying to understand how oh. everything works. I mean, you know, I still love physiology. Oh, so maybe that's how it started because you were always talking mm-hmm. about lung five three nine to him or having to him talk about exactly. it and that's why he started just calling you the lung exactly. five three nine guy yeah. is back again <laughs> i remember one time he's asking you want to talk about chihua again i remember him saying i was like yeah <laughs> yeah that's funny so um that's great so thanks yafim uh for sharing of your course. uh understanding of lung five spleen nine um and i'm sure uh hopefully people can you know test this out and try to figure out under which situations to use this combination. Um, and we'll probably next time in the future, we'll maybe we can share some cases about uh, using lung five sp nine to regulate the tie-in chi dynamic. And that might yeah, I'll dig up some, I'll dig up some of my charts. I actually have regular, I still have regular paper charts. So I'll have to go through them and dig up. Maybe I'll find some interesting cases. Um, I use okay. lung five sp nine. I always go back to cases of Guatemala. Those are way more interesting cases, I find. So I will dig it up and I will email you and we could set this up. Okay. Thank you, Yafim. And uh, thank you, John. Have a good morning. Yeah. Have a good night. Thank you. (laughs)